Well, so glad to have all of you here at our Battlefield campus. For those of you who are watching at Buchanan, it is great to have you a part of our service. And for those of you who are watching online, wherever you are, it is always, always good to have you. We are in week three of this series, Accelerate. And we're really looking, as, as Brad said, at these growth steps, these biblical growth steps that God has placed in Scripture that are really the blueprint for how we're really to do church. And so uh, I'm hoping that you'll understand uh, these principles when we accelerate, when we push on the gas, like this vehicle behind me, Pastor Steve's uh, Camaro Z28, when you push on the gas in this vehicle, it sets in motion a chain reaction of some real stuff. Gas flows through car the carburetor. We have valves that open up. Pistons are pounding. Plugs are sparking, just launching uh, Explosion after explosion after explosion that propels this 840 horsepower machine down the road. And I'm here to tell you that when we step on the gas and really step into these growth steps that God has for us in Scripture, we begin to experience the power and presence of God. And that's what we want for you. So we're looking at worship, which we looked at a couple weeks ago last week, how we connect uh, in community with other believers. And today we're going to talk about going to talk about serving. Let me just say this. Anytime we talk about serving, it's always important for me to say we don't want something uh, from you. We want something for you. So you can just kind of relax uh, just a little bit. But sooner or later, wouldn't you agree, if you drive, sooner or later, it's time to step on the gas. When the light turns green, it's time to go, isn't it? I mean, you're merging into traffic on 24 to Mars. You're making your way to Nashville. You better step on the gas or you're going to get run over. And so I think for us as a church, it is time to step on the gas. Like never before in the history of the world, it's time for us to accelerate spiritually and experience the presence and power of God uh, in our life. So let's jump into Scripture. And Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to be. Romans 12 is, a, is an amazing chapter because really the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, Paul is really talking about doctrine or theology. He's talking about really what we believe as followers of Christ. And then when we get into Romans chapter 12, Paul really begins to talk about how we live this thing out. So it gets super, super practical in Romans 12. Let's pick up in verse 3. For by the grace, Paul says, given to me, I say to every one of you, Paul, in other words, says, as a, as a leader, as an apostle, uh, I only have this position because it was a grace gift. It wasn't anything that I deserved. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Now, what's he talking about? Paul is about to talk about spiritual gifting. And there was a separate problem in the early church from what we have today about spiritual gifting. In the early church, they were prone to get super proud of themselves and super puffed up when they recognized recognize their spiritual gift. And Paul says, you need, to have an, you, need, you need to have a sober assessment of yourself. In other words, you're kind of intoxicated with, with yourself. And so you need to understand that that was a grace gift given to you. We have a separate problem in the church today. We don't think about our gifting uh, really that much at all, right? And so listen to what Paul goes on to say. He says, we think of ourselves with a sober assessment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each and every one of us. Verse 4, for just as each one of us has one body with many members, so and these members do not all have the same function. Now, this is a principle that Paul's going to pick up on, and let's just, let's just talk about it. He says, 
You, you understand that you're one body with many members, and right, everybody would agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm one body here with many, many members. I've got fingers, I've got toes, I've got ears, I've got a nose. I, it sounds like I'm talking to my granddaughter now, right? But he says that's the way the church is. The church is a body made up of many members. He says, so in Christ, though, though many, like look around, though there's many of us, uh, we form one body. Each member belongs all to the others. That's a very powerful thing, isn't it? I mean, think about that just a little bit. Why did the early church explode? Because they really believed this. They realized that they needed each other, and they were excited about the own, their own gifting that they had, and they were a part of something far greater, right? It, look, look what he goes on to say in verse 6. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So you, everyone here today, here's what we believe at New Vision. We believe that when you're born again, when you put your complete trust in Christ as your Savior and Lord, one of the things that happens is the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gifting to serve the, the body. So we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Now, when he's talking about prophesying here, it's not telling the future so much. It's, it's forthtelling. It's a gifting that's able to take the Word of God and teach it and tell people the truth of God's Word. If it is serving, let it serve. If it is teaching, then let it teach. Now, again, it, it, this isn't an exhaustive list. Like, Paul's not going to list every single spiritual gift there is, but he's listing some different types of gift. And his real point is, understand what yours is and then cut it loose, right? Serve the Lord. If it is to encourage, verse 8, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about the issues or understanding the issues of serving. Because serving has issues, a lot of issues. Like, I have issues, right? You know, Pastor Brady, some of you said, well, yeah, I understand that. I mean, we, we, we've been around you enough to know you've got some issues, and you're right. But serving has some issues, and we're going to kind of look at those issues and unpack those issues of serving so hopefully that you and I will be more motivated to step on the gas and serve in the way that God's called you to. But let's, before we do, let, let's take our attention, turn our attention to the screen. I want you to take a look at a video of a young couple here in the life of our church, Ryan and Hannah, and let's listen to their story. All right, I'm Hannah Stott. And I'm Ryan Stott. And we've been going to New Vision for about 13 years on and off. So I um, started having really bad anxiety and panic attacks in 2016, and it went on for about four years. It was very isolating. It was very hard to go through. The end of 2020, I was probably at my worst and it was to the point I was afraid to leave my house. At church, they announced that they were having worship team auditions. I felt something pull at me, and it brought me to tears, and I knew that I needed to audition even though I didn't want to. I was very terrified. Um, I was the person that sat in the back corner of the church. I wanted to be invisible, and so the thought of being up there, it just terrified me. Uh, so I struggled with that. I prayed a lot about it. February of this year, I started serving on the worship team. So in <clears throat> in 2017, um, you know, Brad Brad White was doing the uh, the flag football, and I I I heard about it, and I just really wanted to be, you know, because I love football. So I was one of the coaches, um, 
you know, after doing doing the coaching that one that first year, I realized just how what a what an amazing outreach it is to the community. Um, so many guys that that came out. They don't hear about Jesus. They don't. They don't go to church, um, and it's a. It's such a good way for for guys to be able to connect with other guys around God. Um, and then 2018, uh, I coached again, and then 2019, I, I took it over um, and and kind of ran it. This year, you know, it's it's just been something that I I feel so passionate about. Um, because of the outreach to the community. It gives guys a chance to serve their community. Um, it gives guys a chance, you know, basically they're leading small groups, the coaches. Um, so it's, it's such an awesome thing. I really feel uh, God has definitely laid it on my heart to, to do this. For me, um, serving has helped me. I still have anxiety, it's still there but I've actually seen a purpose for it. So I see how God can use this for his glory to help other people. Um, so just that alone has helped me so much through this. I'm doing more uh, in the community. I'm being around people, I'm connecting, I'm helping other people. So just that alone has given my anxiety a purpose, a good purpose, and that has helped me tremendously. I, I can't explain how much closer it's gotten me um, to, to God. It's it's pulled me in. I mean, I went and served with VBS in the kids camp, and you know, it's 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 brought me back to my uh, calling from, from God for full-time ministry. So, um, you know, serving is definitely something that, you know, you're obviously serving your community or, or whatever group you're, you're serving, but you're also bringing yourself closer to God. I would say to anyone who is hesitant on serving like I was, just go for it. Even if you're afraid, uh, God will take whatever you're going through and he'll use it for the good of others. You know, there's a thousand excuses why we don't do things. You really sometimes gotta get out of your own way. Just just do it. Um, you'll, you'll never regret that you did it, uh, but you might regret, regret that you didn't do it. I love their story. It's, it's a powerful story. I'm glad we could share just a little bit of it with you. Let's take a look at some of the issues related to serving because serving does have issues. The first issue is this, serving is a health issue. And here's what I would say. When we step into serving, it really accelerates our own spiritual health. And not only that, but the overall corporate health of the church. I, I remember sitting, Amy and I were sitting at dinner with Hannah and Ryan when she was first telling me this story and this debilitating anxiety, not able to even go to the, the grocery store. And, and she just talked about what God had done. It's just as she began to kind of step in and, and, and serve. And she was saying the difference it's made as far as just being a mom and being a husband and, and the relationships that, that we've had. So here's the thing that I would say. First of all, serving's a, serving's a health issue. And I want to just be as gut level honest as I know how to be, as raw as I know how to be. As a believer, you cannot and will not be as spiritually healthy as God desires for you to be apart from serving. It just won't happen because that's what he's built us for. It's sort of like this is Paul's argument is he's using parts of the body, like any part of our body that we are not using what begins to happen? It atrophies, right? Does that make sense? I never will forget when I had knee surgery several years ago, and, 
And so I, there was a time period about three weeks before I could have surgery. So I was just sitting around. I wasn't able to get on this leg at all. And my wife, being as compassionate as she is, she would run by and she'd just shake my leg because it's just amazing. I lost muscle tone. Just in a matter of days, you lose muscle tone. You're not able to, to walk. And, and so one of your legs is skinnier than the other leg. You ever had that? You've broken your arm. You get it out of a cast. You're like, what in the world? Like, has that ever happened to you? And so you think, well, what's your point? That, that really begins to happen if we're not serving. I think we atrophy spiritually. So this is, this is really a part of our spiritual health. And as we think about the church, the church will not be fully healthy without you and I serving in the way that God has called us to. I've been doing this for 30 years. Every single week I hear from somebody about an area of our church that's, that's not as healthy as it should be. And to that, I say, thank you for that. But also, here's what I would say. That might be an area that God would have you serve in, right? You know, because we, we, we tend to notice those things or drawn to those things, and that may be God's calling on our life to serve in that area. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He's building on this point of, of really being a part of a body and serving as a part of a body. And it's a really basic illustration, but it is so powerful and it's so profound. And I want to address this issue very specifically here. And, and a lot of people really push back at me. And I'll hear people say this, you know, you guys talk about joining or being a member of the church. And we don't think being a member of the church is a biblical thing. We don't see that in the Bible. And I understand where that comes from. I think it's an improper understanding of, of really, really membership. But take a look at what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 14. He says, for the body does not consist of one member. Isn't that true? I mean, my body is more than just a hand. Wouldn't you agree with that? Somebody help me. Yeah. I mean, the, your body and my body, we're talking about a physical body here, it consists of many members. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Uh, and that would not make it any less part of the body. What's he talking about here? Talking about a foot uh, that's saying to the hand, you know. Now, first of all, if your foot is talking, that's another conversation. We'll get into that next week. We need to spend some time with you. But, you know, our, 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 our feet, uh, in, in, in the ancient culture, that was something they kind of looked at with disdain. You know, this isn't the most glorified part of our body. And that's even it today. I mean, we keep these bad boys covered up for the most part. At least I do right? And so that, that's really the point. Paul's saying, if, you, if you're a foot, you say, well, I'm just a foot in the body, and I, I, I don't have as glamorous a gift as a hand, so I'm not really a part of the body. And Paul's saying, wait a minute. Without your, without your feet, you're not doing what? You're not standing up right now. I mean, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you glad that your feet, if you can walk today, aren't you, aren't you glad that your feet engaged this morning when you stepped out of bed? Instead of your feet saying, you know what? I'm not like the hand. You're going to cover me up with socks and shoes in just a little bit. I'm out not a part of the body. I mean, that'd be a big problem, wouldn't it? But he's saying, listen, we all have different parts. And, and if you think that, that, that some parts are more glamorous than others, and that means that, that, that you don't have as glamorous a gift as somebody else, that you're not useful to the body, Paul says, that's just not true. I always tell our people that are serving on first impressions, if you serve on first impressions here, you're in many ways more important than, than, than I am. Because people are making a decision whether they're going to hang around in the first five minutes, and that's the people that they see. So we just need each other. That's what Paul is, is saying. Verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an, an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Isn't that true? If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? I sort of feel like that today. In the culture that we live in, the church today, maybe there are needs coming from the culture that we're not able to hear because we're not using all of us engaging the gifts that God has given us. If the whole body 
belly were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Do you understand Paul's point over and over again? We need each other. What Paul is saying is nobody, no believer has all the spiritual gifts. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so we need each other. In fact, if you're trying to do something in ministry, if you're trying to serve on your own, many times what happens is you experience burnout because you're not connected to the body. It's kind of like with a muscle. If we're overusing a certain muscle, right, in our body, that, that, that can happen. We can, do, we can do damage. Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Isn't that cool? That God has arranged all the different parts of the body, talking about the church, just as he has chosen. He has gifted you in a very specific way for a very specific purpose. Is that exciting? You see, that's the difference nobody answered, which was awkward. That's the difference between the early church and us today. They got so excited about that, they sort of overdid it. And Paul said, whoa, 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 whoa. It's just a grace gift. Don't get to build yourself up uh, too much, right? Verse 19 if all were a single member, where would the body be? I think we're seeing that today, perhaps in the ineffectiveness maybe of the church because we're not taking serious really our role as a, a part of, of a body. Now, let me just say this about, about membership here. I think it's an important thing. We don't become members, a member of a church to access services we're members of a church to engage in service, right? So, like, Amy and I, we, we just joined Costco. I'm not trying to brag. We were members of Sam's, but now we're at Costco, and so we're killing it, right? And so you, 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 get, you get a membership, right, at a place. So you, 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 you join someplace because you want, want a service. And many times we think about, yeah, like Costco. Yeah, I'm a member at Costco. I'm a member at Stones River, and I'm, I'm a member at New Vision. And you think about those all kind of, they think about that idea of membership all kind of the same way. Well, no, 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 that's not the way membership is meant in the church. I mean, we see that in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says membership as a, as a part of a body, just like your finger is a member and connected to a body. Do you understand that? That's the, that's the difference, right? So I don't, I don't join a church so I can receive service. I join a church and become a member so I can engage better, engage in service. But let's talk about this because this is so super important. I want to push into it for just a second. You guys with me? Like, Biblical service is different uh, than, than social justice. And I'll get a lot of negative feedback about this, and I, I want to just push into it. I'm for social justice. I think we ought to feed the hungry. I think we ought to educate the uneducated. I think we ought to meet the needs that are there in our community and around the world, and we're doing that. But if that is not connected to the gospel and to the kingdom, then I think in many ways we've done a disservice to that person because we believe around here that every person is born separated from God and needs to be redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ so that God could begin to take over their life and rule and reign in every facet of their life. We don't believe the greatest problem in our culture today is a lack of education. We believe the greatest problem in our culture today is people unsurrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we feed, as we clothe, as we educate, we always want to keep that kingdom focus. Because listen, you can feed someone, you can clothe someone, you can educate someone, but apart from connecting them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will die and spend eternity separated from our God. They will live their entire life here separated from the power that could come in a relationship. So biblical service is kingdom focused, 
biblical service is consistent. Let's talk about that. Like, aren't you glad your feet, if you, if you can walk, and again, not everybody in this room has the benefit of doing that. But aren't you glad when your feet uh, hit the ground this morning that they're consistent, you can count on them? And so biblical service is, is consistent. What we like in our culture is kind of random acts of kindness. You know, we, you know, we can buy someone coffee behind us and in the Starbucks line, and that, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing, especially if I'm behind you. Uh, that's a good thing. But I wouldn't call that just biblical service because it needs to be kingdom-focused. It needs to be consistent, and it needs to be communal, meaning we are serving as a part of a body. It's not just something I'm doing. I'm just using my gift as a part of a body because we need each other. I, uh, I want to say something that's different. We've, we've never said it before. We've put our process up for really the last almost 20 years now. First base is worship. Second base is connecting in community or in a group. Third base is service. We're going to look at home plate next week. And so we've always talked about going around these bases. We're thinking about that a little bit differently. One of the reasons why I was coaching T-ball this spring for the one gold Diamondbacks, I was first base coach. I've told you guys before, uh, pretty awesome. And... Uh, we had one little girl, I'm not going to say her name because she, she comes here some, and uh, she was great. She was so sweet. She would, she would hit the ball off the tee, and she would run to first base perfectly, and she would just talk, right? She would just talk. We'd just talk, and we'd visit. We'd have the best time, and then I would tell her, you know, now when, you know, when he or she hits the ball, you, you run to second base. You see second? Yeah, I see second. Run to second. Well, someone hit the ball, and she would run to third every single time, and she just made her way there. You know, and, and trying to talk with her and say, you know, sweetie, we, we run to second. And she said, well, why? And she made a good point. If the object is to get home, it seems like second's a waste of time. And I mean, I, I, there, were, there were moments where I thought, this four-year-old's winning the debate with me here. I think you're, that is a good point. And, and the other thing is, she said, there was a coach there. We had a third base coach. It was just somebody else to talk to. There was nobody to talk to at second. It seemed alone. And, and we just have to tell the other coaches that she doesn't go to second. We have one who doesn't do second. And so we do, we'll just, she just does first and she does third. That's who she is. You just have to kind of have to deal with that. And, um, but I've thought about that in this process. Here at New Vision, can I just say this? It's okay from, to go to, from first to third. It's okay to just go from, from worship and, and just find your place in, in service. Because you can have biblical community in service. Like, you have to work at it, but there's a lot of people who are serving together. You can go down the preschool hall this morning. I know some ladies who have been serving down that hallway for years. They love each other deeply. They connect with each other throughout the week. They take care of your little ones every single week, but then they take care of each other throughout the week. They share scripture with each other. They pray for each other. They meet each other's needs. And so you can have biblical community in, in, in serving, right? So it's okay to do that. Let's look at the second issue. So first of all, serving is always a health issue. Bottom line, what did I just say? You said, I don't know. You've been talking for 30 minutes. I don't know. I cannot be as spiritually healthy as God would have me to be apart from serving because serving is a health issue. Number two, serving is a shape issue, right? So what, what, do, I, what do I mean by that? Look back at verse 6. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace uh, that each of us has been given. All of us as a believer have a different spiritual shape. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, let's think about shape. This word shape, 
it really, it, it talks about first, the S stands for our spiritual gift. If you've been around here some, we've talked about this before. Each and every one of you, if you're born again as a believer, you have a spiritual gift, a supernaturally an enablement of God that allows you to do something in ministry that can bring God glory. So we are all called, watch this, we say this all the time, we're all called to discover, develop, and deploy our spiritual gifts. If you're a believer, you've been called to discover, develop, and deploy your gift. Discover, develop, and deploy. That's your responsibility. And now let me just tell you something. I don't want to go old school, but this is just true, right? One day I'm going to have to stand and give an accounting for the gifting that God's given me as a believer, right? So I want to discover, develop, and deploy our gifts. The second thing is our heart. That's the second thing. All of us have a different shape. And so the H of your shape, finding your shape is your heart. And so what what does that mean? It's what stirs your heart. That's going to be a great indicator for where you're called to serve. What stirs your heart is going to be a great indicator that you're called to serve. Like when you see something and you think, boy, that is just not right. I can't stand for that. And it just stirs your heart. That's your holy discontent. That's your passion. God has given you a heart for that. And so that heart that you have is going to really... uh, show you where your area of service will be. Now, uh, that can be from serving in preschoolers to prison ministry, from sanctity of life issues. Uh, we, have some, we have some ladies here. This is just a cool example. I've shared this story. Uh, they are throwing an, a baby showers for moms who've chosen to keep their baby right out there on the porch. We had one just a couple weeks ago, uh, a lady who uh, chose to keep her baby and uh, not a believer, uh, had uh, a job that was way outside the will of God, let's just call it that. And, 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 and these ladies loved her and shared this baby shower for her. Why? Because that's their heart. Finding your heart, you see? And we all have different heartbeats. So whatever it is that you say, boy, that's a problem for you. It's like my wife last night, we're looking at footage from Afghanistan, from the airport, airport there in Kabul, and all these people are just everywhere, and she hears a baby cry out of that crowd, and she's like, let's go get them. Because that's her, that's her heart. That's what she's doing right now, not going to cobble. She's keeping some of your babies, which is almost as tough maybe for some of you guys. Anyway, no, it's not. That's a terrible thing to say. No, no, number three, your abilities. Your abilities. Now, watch this. Abilities are just natural giftings. When we're born again, we get spiritual gifts. Those are different from our abilities. All of us, whether we're a believer or not, have just natural abilities. But God even wants to use our natural abilities right, to bring him glory. Those natural giftings, you will either just use them uh, for, for all God's glory or for God's glory or just for your own personal gain, right? And so some of you have giftings, or excuse me, just abilities in decorating and, and logistics or artistic abilities or athletic ability like Ryan. I mean, Ryan, is, uh, he's a football guy, we, and that, that's his thing. I mean, we don't want Ryan doing crafts at Bible school, right? That's not really his deal. We don't want him over snacks. He'd eat them all. That's not what we, but that, that's his thing. That's kind of his, his ability. I never will forget one year. I was a youth pastor. We, we had 250 kids, and we were, we were taking them to the beach. And so we had five charter buses, and, and we left, and we headed to the beach, and we took an eight-hour trip and turned it into about 12 and a half hours. We finally arrived, and a guy, he's a football coach, he came up to me. He said, Pastor Brady, can I ask you a question? I said, sure, man. He said, uh, can I take over logistics for camp next summer? I didn't even really know what logistics was. I was like, uh, yeah. I said, can I, can I ask you a question? Why? He said, because you stink at it. Uh, and I said, well, just give me an example. He said, first one, uh, you don't stop with five charter buses at a McDonald's in Athens, Alabama with no other restaurants around. That is a bad deal. That's why it took us two and a half hours to have lunch. He said, I got it next year. Let, let me lead. 
I never will forget, the next year he's leading, he had printouts for everybody, he had a check-in policy. I mean, this thing was running smooth. I was just sitting back, you know. And uh, we stopped for lunch at a mall. They used to have these things called indoor shopping malls. Those of you who don't remember, they had a food court. Remember food courts? You remember that? It was awesome. Like 15 restaurants and a food court. He got all 250 kids. The charter bus is pulled up in front, in front of the mall. He said, all right, everybody listen up. So he got all these high school kids. So he's got 45 minutes. You're going to eat. You're going to go to the bathroom. And then you're going to be sitting on this bus in 45 minutes and we're rolling. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, no way. 40 minutes, they were all on the bus. We were rolling. And uh, that's his, I mean, he's, got, he's just got ability in that. And so, I, you see, you have those abilities. You have those abilities that, that you can use that just make the church so much more efficient. Your personality, uh, that, that, that's the other thing. Your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality. There's a place for your personality in ministry. We all have different personalities. If you're outgoing, uh, then you can be a greeter. If you're shy, uh, you can be involved in production. I, I, I talked to somebody yesterday that's been sick for so long, and they were saying, would you just pre- please brag on your production, folks, because every single week we're able to engage in worship because of the hard work that they do. You like to nurture children, or you're a protector. We've got men and women here who say, you know what, we don't want anything harmful to happen here uh, on this place. I mean, their personality is a protector. That's what they're about. So they're involved in our security. So whatever your personality is, there's a place for you to serve in ministry. That's all a part of your shape. And then lastly, the E is for experience. Because all of us have experience, right? Some good, some bad. God will redeem our past to change someone else's future. That's your experience. See, you've been ashamed of it. You've tried to hide it, and God wants to redeem it. I never will forget Mike and Vicki Tisdale, who have moved away, but they had a, a young son in his early 20s that was killed in a tragic accident. Devastating, devastating. They came back here and wanted to do something with that pain over time, and they began to lead a ministry here called Grief Share. And I cannot tell you how many people have lost a loved one that we have sent to Mike and Vicki's class and they have sat with them, they have loved them, and they have walked them through the most devastating days in their life. Why? Because it's their experience. They've been there, and God redeemed their past to change so many people's future, and he wants to do that in your life. So you've got to find your, your shape, because your shape will determine, in many ways, your service. So serving is a health issue, it's a shape issue. Number three, it's a scheduling issue. Successful servants understand this, the purpose of red lights and green lights. The purpose of a red light, I'm just asking, the purpose of a red light is what? Stop. Like in the last service, nobody responded because it doesn't mean stop in Murfreesboro today. The purpose of a red light means what? Go faster, quick. Right, I've just, you notice that? I mean, if you're the first one at a light, you're stopped at a light and that thing turns green, you better not go because there are going to be three cars that run the previous light. Are you just aware of that? That's just the way the game is because red lights in our culture just mean go faster, but they shouldn't mean. I mean, stop. And serving in many ways is a, is a scheduling issue. See, my sense is there may be some red lights that God's placed in your life around some, not necessarily some bad things, but some good things that for this next season, God's saying, you know what? There's a red light here. Why don't you, why don't you say no to this thing so that you can say yes to the best thing? What do I need to say no to so I can accelerate in service? I think it's understand that because serving is a scheduling issue. You see, and one of the reasons why we don't serve, let me say this just very quickly, and then we have a song that I can't wait for you to hear. I'm not going to sing it because that's not my gifting. 
is, you know what, if I really was to do that, that is an investment of time, and I don't have that much time, and I'm truthfully not willing to give up any more time. Okay. Let me show you something from Scripture that I want you to see. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is a passage where Paul's really talking about giving of our financial resources, but I think the principles are in play for even giving of our time. Listen to this in service. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So if I'm stingy with my time, then I will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because he loves what motivates them. They're motivated by his grace and his mercy, right? And then I love verse 8. Look at this. I love this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. You see, could it be that the secret to having more time would be in giving time? Isn't that ironic? We serve a supernatural God. Do you believe that? That when we give to him, he's able to, in so many different ways, give back. And I want you to taste that as you serve. Kerry Newhoff said this. It's a, it's a pretty cool statement. He says, when we die to ourselves, something far greater arises within us. That's what happens when we accelerate. Hey, what's keeping you? Let me just ask you this. What's keeping you from just one hour a week in consistent kingdom service? Our band's coming now, and they're going to lead us in a song. And then I'm going to come out and, and just close the sermon, uh, service out with one final point. But I'm going to ask you to take your uh, phone out while they're coming. Would you take your phone out? Some of you already have it out. And I want you to do me a, do me a favor. I want you to go to newvisionlife.com forward slash serve, newvisionlife.com forward slash serve. And while you're listening to the song, we're just, they're going to sing over you. It's a beautiful song. And then on that page, you'll see a short survey. Just take you a couple minutes to take it and a chance for you to mark something that you think might be in your shape. And now let me say this, by marking this, you're not signing up to do something. All you're doing is giving one of our staff members an opportunity to follow up with you and talk to you about what that would even look like and to see if you're interested, right? And so I'd encourage you just to, to fill that survey out. There's even a, a part for you to mark or respond something that you feel like God's calling you to that we're not doing here. We'd love to be able to come alongside you and equip you in that. But I hope you take that survey for the next few moments and listen to this amazing song as you do. I love that line, for the one who gave me life, nothing is, is a sacrifice. That's a, that's a powerful line, isn't it? And it really speaks to the final thing I, I want to say today when it comes to serving and understanding the issues related to serving. Because serving has some important issues. First of all, I need to be reminded it's a health issue. Number two, it's a shape issue. Number three, it's a scheduling issue. But most importantly, and it's not even close, Serving is ultimately a heart issue. In fact, Paul starts Romans 12 this way. The famous verse, powerful verse. Before he's going to talk about serving, he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, I love this line, in view of what? God's mercy. 
in view of God's mercy, before you do anything for God, stop and reflect on all that he has done for you. Because if you try to do something for God without understanding all that he's done for you, the story ends bad. But if you will stop and be reminded of the mercy of God, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The highest form of worship is walking in obedience. Obedience motivated by the mercy and grace of God. Let's just do that for just 10, 15 seconds in view of God's mercy. The first thing I'm reminded of is that I am justified in Christ. I am rendered innocent even though I'm guilty because of the work of Christ on my behalf. I have been adopted into God's family through repentance and faith in Christ. I'm justified. I'm Adopted. I have been given grace, undeserved favor when I deserved judgment. I have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to dwell inside of me, to empower me, to encourage me in view of God's mercy. You see, serving always takes an upward focus first. That's reminding ourselves of the mercy of God and then an outward focus as we serve other people. I think this is true. We can only serve as a living sacrifice when we realize that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. That his death, burial, and resurrection gave us life, completely satisfied the wrath of God. You know, and and here's the truth of the matter. Your response to this call to serve is an indicator in many ways of the condition of your heart because for some of you, listen, for some of you here today, when you see the scripture about being a part of the body and serving to bring God glory, you're motivated by that. You're already serving and you, and you want to serve the Lord more effectively and efficiently, but for some of you, this idea of serving, to be honest, is an obligation, right? And here's why. Here's why. Don't don't ever serve out of obligation. Don't ever do anything in the church because somebody guilted you into it. Only serve as a response to the mercy and the grace of God in your life. Because here's the truth, you cannot ultimately serve God until you have first been served by God. That's why he stepped out of heaven. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for the Son of Man, which means Jesus, did not come to be served, but to do what? Serve. And he gave up his life as a ransom. And in other words, to pay your debt. And when you understand that, when you let him serve you, it is one of the greatest honors in your life to serve him. And I just wonder, at the close of this service, some of you watching online, some of you here, if maybe for the first time, 
that just sort of clicked for you. Yeah, you've always felt guilty about not doing something for God to a certain extent, but nothing's really changed. And maybe you realized that you've never let him do for you what he's always wanted to do for you. The night Jesus arrests, he washes his disciples' feet in this humbling act of service to foreshadow what he would ultimately do when he would completely cleanse them from sin. Have you ever let him serve you? Have you ever trusted him and received his forgiveness, new life, meaning, purpose, and hope? Father, thank you for this moment in time. Father, I wonder if there aren't some folks here that that might be the story of their life. There have been times in their past where they've tried to do something for you in hopes of earning something from you. But they have never stopped and first of all let you serve them by completely forgiving them, redeeming them, releasing them, adopting them as your forgiven child. And maybe today, right now, they would trust you, trust Christ and Christ alone. Father, for others who, their story is different. They have received your grace and your mercy, and now it is time to step on the gas as a response to your love for them. They're ready and willing to serve you. Lord, I pray you'd move and work. And as the lyrics of that song, you can have it all. Because the story of my life, Father, is everything that I keep I ruin. But whatever we give, you empower. I pray that'd be the rhythm of our life. Complete surrender. In Jesus' name, amen.